We're back at it talking about what's been going on in our video game and movie watching lives, as well as a talk about what's been going good in our world. In this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hello everybody, my name is John Dotson, and for this episode I'm joined by... Travis. And Tim. As summer rolls along, we're here to talk about what we've been up to and what we've been playing and watching, and to end things off with some good stuff happening in our lives might not seem like it's happening but it is and we're going to talk about it but first friends what we've been watching tim will you start us all right so some things of interest that i have watched recently is uh my wife and i watched warrior nun uh that's oh, nice. uh yeah i'm sure you you guys have heard about that it was you know trending online when it first came out uh i think i'm not the target audience (laughs) it wasn't bad like i don't think it was a bad show i just think it's not really my jam maybe that's because i'm a jaded ex-religious person you know (laughs) so i've got my own baggage going into the show (laughs) um but eh, what's wrong tim can't nuns kick ass for the Um, lord i mean they can (laughs) and they do in this show um but yeah i also kind of found the like the main character kind of unlikable which is always a kind of a downer the side characters are a lot more interesting but um yeah so I'm going to give my I guess if I were to give that one a rating, it would be a it's a pass for me. That's the movie. That's the show. I saw like a Netflix tile where mm -hmm. she's got her Iron Man thing in the back. Right. Her Iron Man ring is in the back of her on her back. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's not an Iron Man ring and everything, but yeah, I I mean, if you I I would say give it a shot if you really, you know, want to try it. Uh but I I managed to watch the whole first season, and I don't think I'm going to be back for season two. <laughs> oh well, you watched the whole thing. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. I guess well, I was watching like it with my wife, and I think she likes it a little bit more than I did. But even she was a little on the fence about it. So I right. I don't know if, if we'll be back for season two. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So um, we've been kind of going through some older movies again. Uh, we watched Knight's Tale because we saw that came on one of the streaming services. I think that one held up pretty well. It's, yeah, it's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. I, it's just a fun movie and I like it a lot. Uh, we also watched a comedy called uh, Nothing to Lose. This came out, I think it was like early 90s, sometime around there. It's it was like Tim Cata, Robbins, right? Yeah, Tim yeah. Robbins and Martin Lawrence. And I don't I pretty sure i picked this one up in like a bargain bin at blockbuster one year in college and had never heard about it before but it was you know for like a few dollars on vhs no no it was it was uh dvd you know 
but uh yeah it's it's really funny yeah, some of the humor hasn't aged super well but <laughs> it's still yeah it's still really really good um yeah it perfectly yeah. encapsulates the 90s too with uh with their sense of humor style the way they dress <laughs> the the technology that they display on there yeah. yeah, I remember thinking like I'd never heard of this movie at all and watched it like maybe 10 years ago and mm-hmm. thought that it was shockingly good. Yeah. To kind no. of have flown onto the radar for the most part. Yeah, I, kind of the same thing with me. I just picked it up on a whim because it was super cheap, brought it home. And then me and my roommates at the time, we we thought it was really good. We liked it a lot. Uh, let's see here. So other things that we've been watching uh let's see here not a lot new from the last time still going through scrubs we're probably on season five of that one let's see hopefully you can cut out a lot of the dead time now folks he's literally going over his netflix previously watched <laughs> here right now well it's usually i have so my sad. i usually have notes you know from uh previous sessions but the computer that i normally use is out of commission and so that had my list of everything i had yeah. playing and watching last time and i'm trying to be careful not to go over <laughs> yeah. duplicates here he lost his pc everybody I, he lost it man I, down man down. i mean i didn't lose it it's sitting right next to me it just doesn't do anything right now it's a really nice doorstop. <laughs> uh, you know what? We'll just we'll just leave it there. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Travis. Well, I have watched a ton of stuff and I'm not going to go through all of it because it would take me like 15 minutes. We have started like kind of getting bummed out about the whole like not being able to go to movie theaters. And so we've started doing Friday night movie nights where we pop a big bucket of popcorn and watch one to four movies, depending on what we're in the mood for and how awake we are. And uh, occasionally that spills over into Saturday night as well. So we've watched a ton of movies. Um, but most recently, uh, over the past few days, since the third Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted Face the Music came out, we watched all three of them. Uh, we watched uh, Bill and Ted one on Friday and then two and three yesterday. And those movies are such a a perfect picture of the time that they were made in. Like, I think the clothing that people are wearing in um, the future in Bill and Ted's bogus journey is like the epitome of nineties kitsch. Like it is just so loud and insane, but surprisingly, I feel like I used to think that Bogus Journey was a little bit like hyper campy and too far. I don't think that anymore. Like it worked for me way better this time, but I think it's been since like the mid 90s since I'd seen those movies. But I love going back through those and revisiting them. And then Bill and Ted Face the Music is pretty damn good. I th- loved like it's kind of I kept thinking back to watching um Jay and Silent Bob reboot and thinking this is successfully doing what Jay and Silent Bob reboot was struggling with a lot I think in trying to show the older main characters and passing it on to a new generation in a way 
Um, I kind of, um, I don't know. I, I thought that it might be better than the second one, even. Um, I have a feeling we'll probably talk more about that, and I don't want to go into too many details, since, Tim, I know you haven't watched it yet, but uh, definitely... If you like the first two, you got to watch this one. It's it's great to see them back together, and uh, there's a nice little nod to Rufus that I like seeing, even though George Carlin is no longer with us, sadly. Uh, it was nice to see his legacy live on. John, you want to spin off on that a little bit before I continue, since I know you watched it as well? Um, I was going to watch it, and I haven't yet. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. I have watched Bogus Journey, and I did have some things to say about that in my watching time. But no, when Tim said that he wasn't going to be able to see it, I haven't seen it yet. But gotcha. Gotcha. Fear not, listeners. We will review this film later. Awesome. Yeah, we've been, like I said, we've been watching a lot of movies. Um, I'm still kind of on a mission to find like horror movies that affect me the way I think they're supposed to. And like, I, I love the horror genre and I feel really bad that I miss out on some of the, the fear and creep factor that a lot of people get. And I really want that. So I've been trying to seek that out. And this is, uh, this is one thing that Katie does not do with me because she does not like horror movies that much unless they're like really good. And the like creepy imagery is, is a little toned down. She can't handle them. So, um, on a recommendation from a friend, I watched this uh, Korean found footage style horror movie called Gunjam, the Haunted Asylum. And I think that is the closest that I have ever gotten to being freaked out in a movie because there is some truly disturbing shit in this movie. And um, it also had some kind of odd humor that I wasn't expecting and it would show up at the strangest times. But yeah, if you're into horror and you're into Korean movies, then you should check that out. Um, speaking of Korean horror movies, uh, one that Katie was, did watch with me was, uh, a tale of two sisters, which is kind of, uh, it's a horror movie, but there's really only a couple spots where there's like a lot of creep factor. It's mostly the, like an existential horror, I guess, but it's a story about a girl who comes back from, um, being institutionalized for, some trauma in her past and she's trying to take care of her sister and um there's not really much you can say to describe that movie that doesn't give things away but one of the best movies i've seen over the past year uh and i just think that i I used to watch a lot of korean movies because i had a korean co-worker who recommended some of the best movies i'd ever seen and it had been a while so it's nice to to jump back into the familiarity of korean cinema um as for TV, uh, we finished up, uh, shit. What's the name of that? Tim, you just said it. Scrubs. Yeah. As for TV, we finished up scrubs. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time, but we've moved on to uh, community rewatch. Uh, we're almost done with it and I really hope we get that movie that they've been kind of teasing and talking about for years now. But, uh, that show went through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of changes, but it still really holds up. Uh, it's, it's pretty much anything by Dan Harmon. You're going to find things through multiple watches that you didn't notice the first time because he loves hiding references everywhere. And, and community is, is definitely fantastic. Um, let's see what else I'd, I'd heard a lot of amazing things about this, uh, Amazon 
original. Well, I don't think it's Amazon imported it and has distribution rights in the U.S., but it's an anime called Vinland Saga. And I think even if you're not into anime, Vinland Saga is a great story that um, is actually based on the Vinland Sagas, which are some historical documents about uh, people who are like Vikings who were exploring the area they called Vinland, which is now known as like I think mostly northern Canada, and like this. So there's a lot of historical people in this show, and like Leif Erikson is a pretty major character in it, and it's a really good like oddly moving story about a bunch of Vikings. <laughs> but um, a friend of mine said that if you like that, you should check out. Like, well, not necessarily if I like that, I should check out Attack on Titan because they are insanely different. But he said, like, while you're on an anime kick, you should check out Attack on Titan. And so we've been doing that. We're about halfway through season two. And man, it's pretty insanely good. Um, there's, I think, four seasons and another one to go, maybe three seasons with another one to go. But uh, wow, it's a bizarre story. I don't know if you guys are into anime at all i know we watch all watch the castlevania series but aside from that i don't know if you guys watch much anime but attack on titan is really good and you should check it out it's on um hulu i think is the only place i found that i could stream it for free but i'm sure there are other places out there too um yeah like i said i've watched an insane amount of movies but just to kind of keep it brief i'll end it there because i don't want to bore everybody to death Well, I do want to bore everyone to death, and like Travis, I've been watching a lot of things, so let's move through them, friends. Okay, let's start with the first one on Netflix, The Last Dance. Okay, this is going to be surprising for some people, because I am not a sports person, but I did live through the 90s. I did actually understand basketball at the time, and there was a team... Uh, back in the 90s, who was really good, that still exists now, not quite as good as they were then, called the Chicago Bulls. They had a player on the team called Michael Jordan. Netflix recently got a documentary that was uh, produced, co-produced, with ESPN called The Last Dance. It's a, like, eight-episode amazing documentary about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and it's awesome if you are interested in sports if you remember that era if you remember michael jordan you should watch it it's a documentary that's shot very very well it's not just for sports nerds it's it's it it's just really good i i just recommend you check it out if you are at all interested in that era or anything that i just said um again not a sports person it was fantastic so another do thing, they uh, uh, do they talk about Space Jam at all in that? They do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They've nice. got a Space Jam section. Yes. I was very happy when it came up. Um, some really cool takes on. Yeah, you, you should watch it. Uh, it's toward the end, actually. But they, they do bring up Space Jam. So, you all know, Mystery Science Theater 3000, my favorite TV show of all time. I've been watching it again in season nine. I I watched two episodes. I'm not going to spend too much on the first one, but I will talk a lot about the second one. The first episode I watched was The Space Children. It's pretty good. It was literally about kids in a village where their parents work for NASA or something. And an alien comes and gives them powers to control people. 
Anyways, it sounds fun, but it's not that great. Anyways, the 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 bots and Mike make very fun light of the movie, but I I think overall the movie's just not that great. Which uh, it's not even it's it's okay. It's not great bad. But if we're gonna talk about one of the best episodes of Mystery Science Theater three thousand I've ever seen, and this is the first time I've ever seen it, we're gonna talk about the MST three K classic Hobgoblins. Oh my. If you're going to watch one episode of season nine, it must be Hobgoblins. It's so bad. Imagine a movie where they wanted to do Gremlins or Critters. And they didn't really understand what puppetry is. And they just took things that looked kind of scary and they threw them around like a Tickle Me Elmo doll. That's Hobgoblins. (laughs) Plus, guys... It's just the plot is terrible, but it's so good. Like you got like literally there's a scene where the main like the like the main character and some other person are fighting with garden tools and they do it more than once in the movie. This movie is like (laughs) chef's kiss. It's so bad. Good. You just need to treat yourself. You don't. I mean, MST3K, of course, does it really well with the jokes are amazing. I'm not even sure you need to watch it with MST3K over it. Hobgoblins is just so good bad. So people, Hobgoblins. Um, it'll do you good. It'll do you good. So I've got a kid. He's four, right? And uh, Trolls World Tour came out and we finally bought it on Blu-ray and we watched it. You know, I'm not going to... It's not as good as the first Trolls movie by a lot. But according to my four-year-old, it's his favorite. <laughs> so there's a bit of a dichotomy there. Um, it's interesting because it tries to give the Trolls World lore. Um, and they kind of fall down on that one a little bit. And it's somewhat convoluted. I think the... The, you know, the original Trolls was really good. And I think because it was simple, it was simple. This one's a little less simple, although they do have Ozzy Osbourne in it. So I'll give them extra points. Um, I'll give them extra points there. So another movie I saw because um, I've just kept watching movies was uh, this is a movie that I knew net uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails scored. So I'm like, OK, well, and I, and I never was interested in this movie. And then I'm like, well, you know, let's give it a shot. And it's Patriot's Day. It's with uh, Mark Wahlberg. It's about the Boston uh, bomb bombing. Wow. Oh, I had no idea that that was scored by Trent Atticus. Yeah. Huh. It, it, yeah. And it's really you can really tell. Um, wow. It, this movie is really, really tense. It's a thrill ride all the way through. Um, I have I, it. It's it's. um In a time where America seems to be tearing itself apart politically, literally shooting itself. And I just I don't want to get into it, but it's not a good time right now. Um, On one hand, it's hard to see something like a movie where the Boston, you know, where Boston's literally getting torn apart by bombs and how gruesome that was. But on the other hand, people really came together to help solve a problem. You know, the whole Boston strong thing started from that. And it's a really it's very gruesome and it took a piece out of America, you know what I mean? This this horrific terrorist act. And on the other hand, um, you know, it, it showed people coming together and working together um, as Americans. Something that we don't see a lot now, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's a really good movie and um, very very dark, very hard to watch. Um, 
I also saw, so I don't know if you guys knew this or downloaded this app, but there's this new streaming service out there called Peacock. Have you, any of you checked out Peacock at all? No. Barely. Like, I don't even have an account, but I have downloaded the app and looked around to see what is available, but haven't watched anything yet. It's cool because it's free, right? You don't have to pay for it. Now, they do have a free and they do have a paid and some things require you to pay to see it. But they have free stuff. Um, I let my kid watch some Curious George on there. That's all free. And uh, they have some new programming on there. One of the shows on Peacock is Brave New World. They said, oh, and it's a Peacock Plus show, which means you have to be subscribed. But they had a couple episodes available to watch for free, too, speaking of. It's got Alden Ehrenreich um, as one of the lead characters who played Han Solo in Solo. Uh, you know, it's interesting, guys, because I think this is what this its not CBS, but it's NBC or something like that. It's their streaming service. Right. And yeah, so Brave I think New World, it's NBC. Yeah. And Brave New World's like their first streaming only show. And it's got a crazy budget and it's got so much boobs in it. And it's weird because it's like coming from like ABC or whatever. And it's just like orgies. And it, it was a little surprising, you know, coming from such a saccharine sort of network, I think. So I'm not. I, I can only see two episodes of the show. I probably would have watched all of it. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting show. And I and I think Peacock's an interesting service. I, I don't mind more streaming services that cost me nothing. <laughs> Can't watch the whole show, but that's okay because it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. So if you have the ability to watch all of Peacock, uh, all of Brave New World, maybe give it a shot. Another movie that I watched on Disney Plus um, because Disney Plus is one of those streaming services that feels like there's a lot of stuff there when there's not. <laughs> and so I watched <laughs> something on there called X-Men Apocalypse because, again, Disney bought Fox and they've been slowly bringing content to Disney Plus. And X-Men Apocalypse came there and I heard, wow, I heard it's terrible, just absolutely terrible. Well, I will say that it's not absolutely terrible, but it's not good. I was entertained like I wasn't yeah I didn't I don't remember much about it I don't remember coming away from it thinking well that was great but I enjoyed it while I was watching it that's about as much as I can say for it I think (laughs) yeah I mean it wasn't yeah it wasn't it's it's not on anybody's top list of favorite superhero movies or even favorite x-men movies like not by a long shot but it's yeah it's not awful it's just not great Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think there's another one that maybe they'll bring to Disney Plus, which is Dark Phoenix or something like that. And that was Mm -hmm. sort of the last of that era of X-Men. And I and I can't wait to see it. I heard it's even worse. So I can't wait (laughs) to see it. Um, (laughs) Apocalypse. It doesn't even really have a lot of bad camp going on there, which I think is uh, honestly too bad. It's kind of fun to see Hugh Jackman in there for five seconds. But, uh, you know, whatever. I look forward to Dark Phoenix. I heard that's just terrible so i can't wait um another thing i saw on netflix is a new movie called project power it's a movie with um two actors that i forget the name of one in django unchained and the other one that was in batman the dark knight rises oh. christian bale no mm. who remember the kid uh who's the lead character of django oh who is that django unchained jamie fox Jamie Foxx, right. So I'll just say it was Jamie Foxx. Okay. Um, so it's a movie about, the premise is, uh, well, um, if you could take a pill and become a superhero for five minutes. Um, it's interesting. 
again, it's not it's not an it, like an A plus movie, I would say, but it's not bad. And if you're looking for a fun action ride with Jamie Foxx, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It teams up with a kid. It's kind of it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Um, Netflix is getting all these pretty crazy um, blockbuster movies right now. And it's another one that's pretty good. Give it a shot. Project Power. Um, uh, this is another thing that I saw recently, but uh, on Netflix called The Umbrella Academy Season 2. I really enjoyed Umbrella Academy Season 1 and I was really anticipating Season 2. I think Season 2 is good. My biggest complaint with it is that it's too slow moving. It's too like the first season was, I think, perfectly paced. And season two spends a lot of time with the characters slowing down, which generally speaking, I'm all for. But in this season, it just seemed too slow. I don't know if I would agree with that. Okay, totally, totally fine. Totally fine. I would also say that one of the one of the things that I did like about this season was last in season one, they're essentially trying to bring the band back together. And in season two, they kind of do the same thing. And I, and then they do bring it back at least sooner. I just, I also feel like that was also another critique that I have that it sort of repeated a lot of the same themes of the first season. Um, but overall really solid show enjoyed watching it. Just a couple critiques there. Uh, Tim doesn't agree. So there you go, everyone. No, uh, it could be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw um, in anticipation of Cobra Kai coming to Netflix. So a little story about that. Cobra Kai is the show that premiered on YouTube there when YouTube was doing their own um, premium service. It was a premium TV show that was a continuation of the Karate Kid series Um um, starring Daniel, uh, you know, and then Johnny from the original uh, movies. And I was like, OK, well, this is actually coming to Netflix because YouTube shut down um, its premium streaming shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so Cobra Kai moved over to Netflix. And it's there right now if you want to watch it. Um, and, ne- and it's actually going to get a third season on Netflix. So the first two seasons came to Netflix. And so in preparation of that, because I really wanted to watch it, um, Netflix has Karate Kid 1, 2 and three on there so my wife and i watched karate kid one and two guys have you seen the karate kids recently i watched the first one recently but i haven't seen any of the sequels since i was really young i am just now learning that there is a three but i haven't seen one or two in a long time (laughs) yeah so one and two still hold up and and i would say one is just this classic 80s movie which, you know, if we talk more about it, I can get into things that I think are funny and all that about it. But uh, it's it's a really solid movie. It's just really, really well done. The, the cinematography and everything. Karate Kid 2, it's a lot like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I'm going to talk about later. And it excels because it doesn't just do the first movie again. It really takes a completely different sort of it focuses on Mr. Miyagi and Daniel um, equally. So, in fact, the second Karate Kid, um, they go to uh, Okinawa. And it's there and it's really, really good, I would say. And again, it's really different. It's actually kind of what would a Karate Kid movie be like if Mr. Miyagi was kind of the Karate Kid, actually, if you you sort of take what happened in the first movie. So I I think they're both fantastic. And we're going to head into the third Karate Kid soon. And I have a feeling it's not going to be good (laughs) compared to the first two. But (laughs) but 
my wife just keeps telling me it's terrible. Um, she remembers, but who knows? I haven't seen, I literally don't remember it, but I remember seeing Karate Kid too and more on just, you know, Sunday television. I think I've seen that movie more than the original. Anyways, both fantastic films. If you have a chance to watch them, check it out before the new Cobra Kai show. Finally, friends, I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey to prepare myself for Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, like I said with The Karate Kid 2, it's a great sequel because it doesn't just do the same movie again. I think that's my biggest critique of the Back to the Future trilogy. I know, put me on a stake, burn me alive, but one downside to the Back to the Future trilogy is they kind of repeat the same story a bit. Um, and Bill and Ted's bogus journey isn't really even focusing on time travel as much. They literally go to hell and heaven <laughs> and aliens <laughs> and death. And <laughs> it's, it's weird. And I love it. It's so cool. And, and they spoof the seventh uh, seal playing chess with death and they choose battleship instead. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know it's so good. And I didn't even know what the seventh seal was <laughs> until recently, <laughs> but it's so good. Um, just so much fun. And actually, originally, I kind of thought Bill and when I was a kid, I thought, oh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey sucks and the original is great. But as an adult, no, it, it's it holds up a lot more um, than I thought. I, I I really, really enjoyed it quite a bit. And I can't wait to watch Face the Music. And that's what I've been playing. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. And that's what I've been watching. <laughs> You had one job, John. I know, I know. <laughs> and, I, and I messed it up. Hey everyone, Travis here. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we hope you love what you hear. In addition to this podcast, John and I run Cheerful Ghost, where you can talk about all the games and other nerdy stuff you love. We also created Tale of the White Wyvern, which is a retro-inspired sword and magic mini-MMO you can play with your friends. If you're a fan of Cheerful Ghost Radio, we hope you've also checked out Cheerful Ghost and like what we're doing there. And if you haven't played Tale of the White Wyvern, head over to thewhitewyvern.com and give it a shot. It's entirely free to make an account and play. Cheerful Ghost is a totally independent community and dev team, and we would love any support you can give us. If you head over to Cheerful Ghost and hit the heart at the top, we have a few different support options to choose from. If you want to tip us for the work we do, you can give us a donation through PayPal. Or, if you want to do a bit more, you can buy a yearly membership or subscribe monthly through Patreon. A membership gives you some neat perks on Cheerful Ghost, as well as member-only themes and cosmetic weapons, armor, and hats in Tale of the White Wyvern. Also, if you want to literally wear your support for us on your sleeve, we have a shop where you can buy t-shirts and mugs for Tale of the White Wyvern. We have a few colors to choose from, including the deepest purple you've ever seen. Thank you for your support. We hope you love what we do, and we look forward to bringing you fun content and games for years to come. Travis, what have you been playing? You know, I really haven't been playing that much. Um, I've been kind of diving into like watching stuff more than playing lately, but I have been... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we did playing watching, but I finished up Final Fantasy XV entirely, um, including the hard-ass Adam- Adamantoys fight at the end and an even harder fight they added in a DLC later on that was pretty crazy, and I, I love every minute of that game like so much. Uh, but... After that, I started playing Doom Eternal, and 
I've heard, I read some reviews that said that Doom Eternal might be the best first person shooter that they've, the reviewers had ever played. And, and you know, they're not far off. Like it is just insanely well-made. Everything feels so fluid. The only critiques I really have about the game are that it's a bit too hard just by and large. Like I was, and it's probably that I'm not playing it the way they intend it to be played. And that's another critique is that enemies have weaknesses to specific weapons and your ammo is pretty severely limited because of that. And like the, the chainsaw now drops an insane amount of ammo. So you have to kind of balance enemy weaknesses, like weak points, like tricks to do to kill them versus how much ammo you have versus whether you have, uh, enough fuel to run the chainsaw to get a bunch more ammo. So there's a, there's a balancing act to the combat that I feel like it would be more fun without it, but, and just be kind of a, an insane run and gun shoot them up. Like all the dooms have been up until that point. Well, except for doom three, but, um, but still, even, even with those criticisms, the fluidity of the movement and platforming, along with the insane gunplay that was there in doom 2016 and has been refined a little bit. It is seriously good. I think I haven't finished it. I think I would put it, uh, higher than the 2016 doom, even with the qualms I have with it. Uh, definitely if you're into insane shooters, check it out. Um, yeah, other than that, really, the only thing I've played is a few rounds of a new game that has taken the world by storm, Fall Guys. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see that show up on the PlayStation Plus free games of the month, like, the day that it released. And, wow, it's freaking nuts. Like, it, it is just like, um, kind of like Mario Party style games, except with 60 people playing them at once. And it is just like insane mayhem. I have, I yelled at the screen so much because it's uh, a lot of the stuff is physics based and the physics gets wonky in the most delightful ways. Uh, yeah. If you've got PlayStation plus, you must download this and try it out. Uh, I can understand people kind of getting sick of it over time, but they're going to be adding like they, they already released plans for season two and they have kind of themes they're going for, for each of their seasons. So it looks like they're going to kind of try to keep it spiced up for the duration. But yeah, I think it's like 20 bucks or something on steam and free on PlayStation. So yeah, check it out. But yeah, like I said, I haven't been playing much and that that's pretty much it for me. Tim, what you been playing so i also jumped on the fall guy train here and uh i'm i'm sure at some point i yeah, mentioned I think that you i'm were not the first person that told us about fall guys right you said yeah hey, it's on so. the playstation network and it's really really fun that so i didn't hear about it in media or anything until you told us about it yeah so i'm pretty sure i've mentioned in the past that i don't like to play you know i'm not like a super competitive person i don't like to play a lot of multiplayer games mm-hmm. you know without knowing who I'm playing with. Yeah, just because I don't, you know, I just don't want to deal with other people and the trash talking and trolls and all that stuff. Uh, Fall Guys has solved the problem with online multiplayer games by not allowing people to communicate with you at all. And it is fantastic. 
<laughs> and yeah, it's I like I don't feel like I need to be good at a video game as long as I have fun playing it. And I have fun playing Fall Guys, even if I'm losing. <laughs> uh, it's just it's so much fun. And even when you're, you know, like uh, I forget what the stage is called, but it's the one where you have to jump through the doors um, mm-hmm. and half the doors are fake doors, you know, and everybody's getting piled <laughs> up and bottlenecked and you're tripping over each other. It's just hilarious. Like, it's so fun to watch, even if you, you know, you get screwed over in the back of the pack there and don't win. You still have fun. And the fact that you can immediately drop out and drop back into a new game once you're out of the competition, you know, it's so much fun. I've been playing it. I got the kids involved playing it. We've just been having a blast. We've been playing it a lot. Uh, Also, uh, Travis, thanks to you. I jumped back into Final Fantasy 15. You're very So welcome. I played it. Yeah, so I played Final Fantasy 15 back when it first came out all the way through um when the first 3 DLCs came out and then I hadn't played it since. And so then when Travis here picked the game up and he was uh you know texting me about it and telling me about like all the new features that got added and the new expansion so I was like, well, I mean, it's been a while since I played and I had just wrapped up uh, Final Fantasy VII, the, the remake. So I was like looking for something new to jump into. And then as luck would have it, right around that time, PlayStation had all the content that I had not purchased on sale and I could buy everything I was missing for under $5. <laughs> so I was like, it was meant to be. So I, I downloaded, you know, and purchased the stuff that I was missing jumped into the episode Arden DLC that I hadn't played before and played through that. And then I just started a brand new playthrough of the, the base game. Um, yeah, it's still such a great game. Um, I've been having fun discovering all the little added content that they've put into the game since some extra lore, like a little, um, uh, there's like little books you can find that, you know, explain the the lore of the world a little bit more. <laughs> There's some uh, funny like tie in uh, content for other games. <laughs> like I just played through the one for Final Fantasy 15, which was or uh, 14. Right. Which is kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that, that the reward for that one was actually pretty good. I got a new summon. <laughs> yeah. And, and that summon triggers a lot, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's already triggered a couple times since I got it. I just unlocked it like last night. Um, so yeah, I'm in chapter six, but that sort of undersells how much I've played the game because I've basically just been filling, you know, doing every side quest, every hunt, you know, unlocking everything that I can before I advance the the storyline next. So I've I've sunk quite a few hours into it so far. Uh, the only other thing that I've been playing is um, I decided to do another playthrough of Secret of Mana. Uh, as I mentioned in the watching section, kind of didn't really like Warrior Nun, but I was watching it with my wife. And so while it was on, I started uh, looking for something else to kind of occupy my time and didn't want to play a game that I have to like really pay attention to. And I played Secret of Mana so much that I basically have the game memorized and can run it almost on autopilot. So I've just been doing that while we've been watching other shows. 
it's just it's familiar and it's fun and it's you know something i don't have to think about a lot to play otherwise that's about it for me cool thank you all right so what i've been playing i'm gonna so i've had quite a few games that i've been playing at the same time in various states and i realized that you know, that's not great to have so many outstanding games that you're playing at the same time. So I'm going to instead focus on the games that I have yet to complete and beat them and not start any new games. So I did that. Um, I recently beat uh, and I'm going to order these by the year they were released in terms of the games I beat. So I beat four games recently. So the first game, me and my son, uh, we beat Link to the Past. Uh, it's really, really fun on the Super Nintendo Classic. That came out in 1991, for all of you people that are um, not sure when that came out. Um, I also then, uh, also, I got recently, um, there was a QuakeCon, and as part of the QuakeCon celebration, they always put on sale Bethesda and id games, and I pitched, picked up um, Dooms, 1993 Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 on and also Doom 64 on the Switch because they were super cheap. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play them here. Don't have them on this system. Um, those uh, Doom, Doom 2, those are new ports um, that were brought to the Switch and recently updated. And I just crushed so hard on the original 1993 Doom. So much that I'm kind of still in a bit of a Doom trap focus kind of thing it's been so much fun i've been i played um and beat the first knee deep in the dead campaign on the switch then i played um uh the second one which is shores of hell on the switch and then i sort of switched over to the pc and finished beating that and then i beat the last one inferno entirely on the pc and I'm going to say, like, I want to try to convince Travis and Tim, you know, in the next um, in a later round of recording episodes to record the original 1993 Doom. And we can review the Shara version, which is knee deep in the dead. So I'll talk more about that later. But I do want to say large and and I'm also going to talk more about Doom later, too. But I did beat that, um, which is knee deep in the dead. The original Doom, by the way, 1993 Doom, as it was released, um, was Knee Deep in the Dead, Shores of Hell, and Inferno, and I and I beat all three of those campaigns. I never had, actually, up to that point. Um, I always played the original shareware version, and I never actually felt the need to beat it. But this time I did, and boy, oh boy, was it fun. Um, it's, it's, it's an incredible game. It's still designed really well. Um, and I only had to resort to looking up where, you know, like, where was this key card, <laughs> you know, a couple times. So, um Wow, just so much fun. I'm having so much fun with Doom. Talk more about that later, actually. So another game that I beat, so we're going to fast forward really far because, you know, I beat Link to the Past. That came out in 1991, Doom 1993. We're going to fast forward to 2018, and I recently beat Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Now, I started that a little while ago, but I recently started focusing on that. And wow, you know, it's, uh, it's a really good game. You know, um, it's a really great follow up to New Order. I'm not sure it's quite as good as New Order, but it's very ambitious. And, you know, you you see a lot of parallels to now with, you know, it's literally a game about Nazis occupying the United States and having to be, you know, resistance to it. And, you know, it's got these really evocative scenes of Nazis and KKK in the streets together. And then um, it, it guys, can I spoil Wolfenstein, too? 
right now. I think it's, talk about. I think it's safe. Yeah. Travis, is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I haven't finished playing it or anything, but I figure it's been how many years now? So, yeah. Okay, <laughs> everyone. Fine. Big Wolfenstein 2 spoiler. Like, this is pretty crazy, but this is just how on point and campy this series is. There's literally a part where Frau Engel captures BJ, puts him on trial, which you're in this Nazi trial, and there are two ways, like, in one scene, you just waste them all and then you wake up and you realize oh that's not actually not what's happening he was just dreaming that and literally the next scene is you on a slab in front of the lincoln memorial which i think they replaced hitler with <laughs> and frau ingel has this nazi sword and she chops your fucking head off and i i kid you not she literally <laughs> chops bj blaskowitz's head off and it falls into the fire and the game stops and i'm like well that was bold <laughs> that was a bold <laughs> choice you know in software and um it, it, then a vhs tape rewinds in the game and i'm like what the fuck is that what is going on and literally what happens is frau engel chops your head off that happens that's in the game and the resistance has this little drone robot flying thing who grabs your head before it hits the fire and drops a fake head in there So the Nazis see your head go down and get burned, but then they take BJ's severed head and they quickly fly it into the submarine and stick tubes in your carotid artery so you can get blood flow to your brain and literally put your head in one of those like Futurama things, you know, where you put your head in the jar. (laughs) And then they give him like a perfectly made body and they replace his head on that body. Nice. You know, because you remember Travis on the sub, the doctor actually put a monkey and a cat together. Remember Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Right. So that's just a it's it's just a precursor to that, you know, and how BJ's body's all effed up. Well, now he's got a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember cracking the hell up when that happened. Like, okay, this is going way past the camp of any of the previous Wolfenstein games. All right. I'm in for this. Let's do it. I know it was disgusting. (laughs) I mean, the science checks out. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's so gross. I just, oh man. And literally Hitler is, uh, there's a scene where you're in space and Hitler is just shitting and barfing. It's crazy because he's old and senile and it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's actually a really good game. I just, I, my, it's, it, it falls into a huge critique that I have for most modern new games. They're just too, they're just too long, you know, make it a little shorter, uh, or break it up into pieces or something. Then finally, the last game that I beat, um, was 2019's Rage 2. And I know people are thinking, wow, John, you, you have a lot of time for games. No, guys, these were in almost, they were almost all done. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, put in a couple hours and finish it. So I finally finished Rage 2. Remember I asked Travis in an episode a while ago, hey, Travis, should I go to the final mission and beat it? Well, I just decided to do it. And it was a fun final mission. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was a cool way to end it. And then you can keep going after that. And, um, yeah, Rage 2, really good. I don't know if I'm going to go back and play a lot more of it. Maybe in the future I'll come back and do the Rise of Ghosts expansion. Travis, did you ever play that, the Ghosts expansion? I did. Um, it, it adds in some new enemy types that are more yeah. of a challenge and uh, an interesting challenge, too, not just like stupid stuff. It, it really added to the experience. Not a lot. Uh, I mean, it's mostly more of the same except for that, but still, it was it was fun to get back into it for sure. Fun, did you beat that too? Yeah, yeah. 
cool. Yeah, I might come back and play it, and, and I'll have that there. So, uh, but Rage Two, solid game, really cool shooter. I'm not really sure Rage Two and Wolfenstein are that different, although Wolfenstein definitely focuses more on the narrative. But I think that they're both just amazing shooters. Rage Two is more open worldy, and and I kind of like that about it. So I was able to finish that game off, and solid work again. It. Like apparently I like id shooters because Doom, Wolfenstein 2 and Rage 2. Apparently that's uh, I play a lot of those. So um, focusing on a non shooter game um, recently, I picked up um, the sw- on the switch, the Capcom beat em up bundle uh, when it was on sale. And I just and my friend and I, whenever we get together, we play one of the games on there that I haven't played before. And it was Captain Commando was the next one. And we just sat down and we beat Captain Commando because, again, you have infinite quarters, right? And the game is really short and very focused and so much fun. It was a Capcom gem. In fact, it's so good. I don't know why this game hasn't gotten a modern version or they haven't made like Captain Commando 2. Um, I played a lot of Babyhead. So in the game, it's literally a baby that's so smart. It has a robot body and you use punch people as Babyhead. It's so fun. The game is just it's kind of like lampooning fighting games in a lot of ways. So it's it's kind of like a satire game in that way. But again, I don't know why this isn't a series. It's so fun. It's got a lot of charm and I think it's really worthy of a sequel, but it never got one. And finally, after we beat Link to the Past, my son, he really wanted us to keep going through Earthbound. And so we've been playing Earthbound and we're still early on in the game. We just freed Saturn, uh, Mr. Saturn Village. We killed Master Belch. So we had that fly honey. So that was really useful. And we're about ready to go into the um, sand, the uh, desert area. And the game, of course, at that point, you drink some coffee. I'm going to air quote coffee because it seems like it's an acid trip. Tim, is that coffee or peyote or what? Uh, officially, it is coffee. Okay, I feel real good when I drink coffee, but I don't LCD hallucinate. You know? <laughs> LSD hallucinate, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm about ready to head into the desert. Um, and the game, the game even tells you, you know, Hey, the game's going to get harder. And it does actually. In fact, in fact, I remember going into the desert before and it actually has the mechanics where it hurts you, um, if you're out in the sun too long. So you got to be really careful about that. Um, my son's really excited because there's this time when you get the science kid to join you and the science kid go his, um, the sky runner goes over the desert and we see two monkeys and an oasis. He's like, oh, we're going to go meet those monkeys. So he keeps remembering that we're going to have to go meet those monkeys. Oh, by the way, Tim, just question. Spoiler alert here. Are those is that bubble monkey at the water? No. Oh, OK. So it's a different monkey. OK, yeah. that maybe it was bubble monkey. OK, too bad. So we're just playing through that. I imagine we'll beat it sometime in 50 years because it's slow goings. You know, it's with my son and everything. But Earthbound's a fun game. If you haven't played it, you should. And I aim to beat it. So that's what I've been playing. Hey, everybody. So we all are living through COVID times, and there's not a lot of great news lately. But one thing that I wanted to do is that good things really are happening around us and I wanted to see talk to the guys and say you know let's talk about those good things and maybe it's just one thing maybe it's a bunch of things we're not really going to cap it here but just talk about what's um what's been good for us lately and maybe more than one thing if we have it so um let's start with uh Tim Tim what's some uh, some good stuff happening with you over there in land of Timogord 
All right. So first off, something uh, really awesome that happened recently is uh, I have a new nephew. My uh, brother-in-law and his wife, they yeah, uh, welcomed their second, yeah, their second child, uh, Jameson. He was born recently. Uh, I would also like to point out that, uh, you know, my middle name is James. So Jameson, clearly named after me. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm claiming it and I'm not letting it go. <laughs> uh, something else that's been going on in uh, my my household here is over the last, uh, you know, month, two months, somewhere around there, uh, my wife and me have started up a garden in our backyard. And that's been really fun. And it has also been endlessly kind of entertaining because we've basically had to go to war with the wildlife in the neighborhood. So right off the bat, there's a lot of rabbits that live in my area. And we knew that was going to be a problem. So when we built our little like garden area, we put up a fence and some chicken wire to make sure the rabbits wouldn't come in there. Yeah, the rabbits ended up not being a problem. Our first big problem was the murder squirrel. And I texted a John Travis about this when it happened. I was. Is a, it a good murder squirrel? D- no. <laughs> oh. No. So we can't talk about it. Yeah, he's a murder squirrel. So saying, the reason he's called a murder squirrel right. is because I was standing at my kitchen, you know, looking out the window, <laughs> and I saw something heavy fall. Like I saw the squirrel run up the tree next to the garden, and then I saw something like big fall out of the tree I was like what the heck was that you know and from my window I could see that what fell out of the tree was moving I was like uh oh something you know this can't be good so I go out and I take a look at it Uh, it was a baby bird Uh, the squirrel had run up the tree found a nest and shoved the baby bird out it unfortunately did not make it and then while I was getting rid of the the, Maybe the, first. the squirrel was the <laughs> landlord of that tree. Those well, birds didn't pay hold, rent. They hold didn't on. pay rent. So as I'm disposing of the first one, because it was it was dead by the time I got outside, I come back and now there's a second one in the same spot. He threw the another bird out of the tree. And this wow. one, unfortunately, also did not make it, although it lasted uh-huh. a longer um I tried to like get animal control on the phone to like find out what to do, but by the time I actually got to a live person, uh, it unfortunately had passed. <laughs> uh oh. So we bought a um, a demon possessed owl statue to go into the garden, and I again I sent you guys a photo of it. So it's got a little solar panel on the owl statue, and it's got a little motion sensor on it. And if you walk by it, it makes like you know owl noises to like scare away stuff but it also has red glowing eyes so (laughs) at night time you look out into the garden there's these like red glowing eyes like staring at you but that got rid of the murder squirrel uh i don't know if the murder squirrel was keeping the rats at bay but once the squirrel was gone uh we discovered that rats started coming into the garden (laughs) and they were they were eating our uh, our tomatoes and stuff. 
That was so, murder squirrel turf. That was his ter- that was the <laughs> territory. So, yeah. so first we wanted to, you know, aside from murdering birds, the squirrel was also digging up the seeds that we were planting in the garden. So we were like, you know, okay, fine. So we got rid of the squirrel. Well, then once we actually had some plants growing and some, you know, vegetables growing on them, uh, rats started showing up and eating everything. And they they completely demolished a tomato plant that had probably like 30 tomatoes on it that were, you know, still green. They weren't ready to be picked yet. Just devoured all of them. Uh, they ate like a couple squash, a zucchini. Uh, they put a bite into a, one of the pumpkins that we have out there. And that one's been an ongoing struggle. We've put out some traps. We've caught and released about six so far. <laughs> uh, we also like set up a camera out there that's motion sensor. So we know when something comes into the garden and we've been like scared them away. Um, we also got like some little motion lights, which so far actually seems like it's working. When they walk in, a little light comes on. And so far, it's scaring them off. But it's been quite the uh, the ordeal here. But despite all of our troubles, like we're still having a lot of fun. And as frustrating it is as it is that, you know, these rats are getting in and eating stuff. I can't help but laugh that, you know, this keeps happening <laughs> and it's it's kind of entertaining to tell about it now. So I'm still marking it up as as a win here. <laughs> Well, yeah, if nothing we, else, we you're giving the rats of the area a healthy meal instead of you know, the trash they're <laughs> so, eating before. Instead this of the, isn't the yeah, first the, the garbage from the Chinese food place down the street. <laughs> <laughs> this actually, that's actually what I've heard. So this isn't the first I've heard of about this in California. So apparently, in high density areas, as COVID is making a lot of places that would throw a lot of food out, not throw the food out, the rats are coming into. Um, residential areas to find food and people are having mice and rat problems whereas they wouldn't they didn't before mm-hmm. when there was so much food that was being thrown into dumpsters so covid <laughs> doesn't stops keep on and again but this is a good stuff this is the good stuff <laughs> i don't know why i'm talking about that right now but that's i was gonna awesome. say are you, are you telling me covid's ruining my garden <laughs> no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying it's, you get wildlife in the backyard more yeah. wildlife yay Travis, what about you? Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. No murder squirrel stories. I don't have anything about like animals that kill things or, you know, dead animals. So we're off to a a bit of a better start, I guess. (laughs) No. Okay. So like in the first couple of months of the uh, COVID quarantine lockdown, when I was working from home, I was thinking, you know, sure, I'm getting out of shape, but, you know, this is going to you know, it's going to pass and I'll get back to it. Cause I was, I was doing a really good job of like walking seven or eight times a day, just like getting up from my desk at work and walking around campus. But then, you know, I'm working from home. I'm sitting in my own home and I wasn't doing that. And, you know, everything is terrible. So I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. And then it, it kept going for like eight months. And I realized, you know, this is unsustainable. So I've started, um, you know, trying to eat more like an adult again. And I've started working out more and guys, I am in such bad shape. Uh, it, I've like just losing a few months of you know, moving. It's, it's, it's pretty rough, but I'm starting to notice I'm feeling better. And, you know, my whole kind of general outlook on things is 
better as a result of it. I think just kind of getting back to a, I guess a sense of physical normalcy, even if everything else is kind of insane. So, um, that, that's kind of the most positive thing I have from the last little bit. Uh, as I mentioned during our, what we've been watching section, uh, speaking of kind of getting back to a normalcy thing, I've really loved these, uh, Friday night movie nights that we've started doing to kind of replace the, the cinema experience. It, it's not the same, but it's kind of becoming a new, a new normal. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to is like things that make you, if not forget everything that's going on, things that can kind of replace and augment things to make it feel like it's a kind of normal. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And, you know, it's, it's taken, I, I feel like everybody when they started the quarantine, it was like either, all right, well, screw everything I've been doing. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Or people started getting in shape and it just kind of took me a long time to get around to that, that part of it. But yeah, I, I think things are, ah, I don't know. Like, I, I think the overall mental well-being of people is starting to cope with things. I hope that's happening, uh, even though things aren't great outside. I feel like we're maybe as a whole getting better on the inside if in our own homes, if that makes sense. I hope that's happening anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, thanks for that, Travis. Sure. Um, so when COVID first hit... It was pretty clear to me that, you know, avoiding large groups, you know, not congregating, wearing a mask, etc. was really important. Yet I love being out. Outdoors. Right. So, you know, and, and then we did a lot of things like go to the zoo. I take my son to the mall on the weekends. You know, we just walk around. We didn't, we didn't buy anything. It's not like I'm going to get Jamba in a new crock pot. Right. I'm just we're just literally walking around and stuff. So I had to like change a lot of our habits, like no longer going to the zoo. Couldn't go to the mall. Couldn't, you know, the mall's like the worst place you want to go through during COVID. So I've been for the last since COVID started trying to find activities that we can do out in nature that no one does. Now, Oregon is really quite a few people here, not as much as California, obviously, or any other high area, you know, profile areas. And I'm not, I don't live in Portland proper. I'm in one of the burbs, but still like there are a lot of things in Oregon that if you go to, you know, there's a zillion people there and I kind of want to avoid large groups, right? I, I'd like prefer to go to places where no one's there, actually. And there's a lot of wide open spaces in Oregon, right? Easy to find. Well, not so much, but it took me a while. And now, um, after about six months or five months of this, I have a pretty cool board and list of things that we can do, uh, places we know where to go and beaches that we can go on the Oregon beach and hikes we can go and parks we can go to and ways that we can go to parks um, and things we can do around the, the area that are not really frequented by a lot of people. Like we're talking like, you know, go to a beach, maybe five people there, but not even around you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's pretty good, right? You see these you know, pictures of that. So I'm, I've been really happy about that. We also recently for Father's Day, my wife um, got us a kayak, an inflatable kayak, and we've been taking that out on the river. You know, it's 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 a really nice socially distance activity to get out on the river and you're just away from people you know you just paddle away from them <laughs> it's great you know a couple people on the river it's fine everyone's more than six feet away on the river you know 
just got to be a little bit careful on a parking lot or something like that when you're getting your boat in and out of it. But I love that. And we literally just got back from being out on a lake and going on the lake and um, going with some family. And it was very, very great. So, you know, we also a couple of years ago, we got bikes. And so we've been out biking, hiking. But I mean, so much hiking, people, so much hiking. My son now, he's uh, he's four and he can do about three or four miles. And I got to carry him this and that in the middle. But he loves adventure, exploring out in nature. And we do it all the time because I'll get just go stir crazy if I can't do it. So just trying to find all the areas um, dispersed camping spots parks anything we're just there are just not a lot of people at so um and we found it and we found those places and i'm really happy about that because for me it's not you know it shouldn't be about you can't do these things out in nature it's just how can you unless you live in an area like new york city or you know san francisco where that's a lot harder i mean we're lucky you know we live in an area where you can sort of do that and so we have and i'm i'm really really happy that we've done it we've been getting out a lot and it's been really, really nice. Um, another thing that I'm really, you know, that's been really good is I started a new career. <laughs> Guys, this is crazy. So I literally started my job. I work for Salesforce. I work for Trailhead. You can go, you can look up Trailhead. Trailhead is a place that uh, it's a website um, software for training you on Salesforce and all of our products and a bunch of other things you want to learn about GDPR. We got um, a way to learn about it. So it's a really great free way to learn about technology and awesome stuff and Salesforce. And it's really cool. It's really cool. And I work for them. It's great. Uh, work on a really fun team. And literally three weeks before COVID hit, I got that job. And um, I think that turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because three weeks later, COVID hit. And I've been working from home for about eight years. So for me, the whole transition to work from home when I've been working from home for eight years wasn't really hard. The hard transition was, you know, dealing with the fact that we don't have any childcare anymore and having to make that work. Um, that was the hard thing. But working for Salesforce has been amazing because, you know, one of the things that I wanted in my career was, I was like kind of for, for a time, I'm kind of not interested in doing the startup thing, you know, because there's a lot of uncertainty working for a small startup company, right? Are we going to be able to get another round of funding? Are we going to keep being able to, you know, have people buy our product? And there's a lot of uncertainty. I, for a while, I've been like, you know, would it be nicer to work for a larger company that kind of makes a lot of money? Well, for me, the answer is during a pandemic and 40 million people out of work, the answer is hell yes, it is. <laughs> It's great, actually. Um, uh, I, I don't really worry about money. Um, we, we're doing really well, and, and I'm really happy. I'm really proud of the work we do. I'm really proud of that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a cool company, and, and I'm really, really happy to be here, um, especially when I see a lot of people in tech getting laid off. I feel really lucky, and that's, and, and I feel like, you know, working for Salesforce is one of those good things in my life, you know, because there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, you know. Um, but um, I, I don't have any, you know, fear about, you know, putting food on the table, which is a really, really good thing. So I'm really happy about that. That's a really good thing. So um, and I'm going to cap things off with what's good in my life um, with uh, Doom. You know, um, it. I, I started playing it um, at QuakeCon and I've and it's a game that I, you know, I played in high school and I, I've, I've been revisiting and going pretty hard in it. And 
one thing that's beautiful about getting into a game that's so it's an old games classic game but it has such an amazingly creative community and and we're talking just absolutely impressive the amount of mods and maps and wads still being made for the game now um i'm going to do a post on cheerful ghost you know highlighting you know some of this stuff but there is just a fantastic amount of work and there was a recent post um the, there's a kako wards um that give out the awards for the the best doom wads every year and there was a really cool article for the 2019 cock awards about doom mapping over history since the 90s and how it's changed and evolved and you know when you have like a such a dedicated community that's seriously passionate about making awesome stuff for doom and then you have you know it's just really cool to see the progression of maps, you know, starting from the original game to just the earliest wads you would see pop up. You know, I, I don't know if you guys remember playing wads back then, but, you know, some early ones that I remember were like Bill Clinton mods and, you know, seeing Barney mods where you could kill Barney in the game and that kind of thing. And then now what you see now, which is people you know, recreating Mega Man as a deathmatch game in Doom. And it's one of the most popular games you could play, like multiplayer versions of Doom out there right now is Mega Man. <laughs> it's where you basically first person shooter Mega Man. You can play all the bosses and stuff. It's 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 really wild what people are doing. So and I started getting into Doom mapping, too. I want, you know, re, you know, watch some videos and got into some really light Doom mapping. And that's just been so fun. It's just so joyous to me to see you know, such old, amazingly beautiful tech and just at this community that's so passionate about it. And, you know, and one thing um, about, you know, working with such, you know, old tech is that it's so accessible. It's, it's easier, right? You don't have to fiddle with, you know, if you want to make a really cool Doom sprite or a character, you know, it's pixel art, baby. You know, if you want to make a map, you don't have to worry about, you know, all this crazy 3D shenanigans. You know, you could do a total conversion of Doom relatively easily compared to you know Fortnite or something new or Wolfenstein or whatnot you know modern version of that so it's really accessible and it's a really good way to enter you know the mapping scene and the modding scene and I'm glad it exists I'm glad it has such a passionate community in fact I think coming up soon you know I think we might see a cheerful ghost event where we're going to play some old school doom deathmatch I think that could be really fun so um that's been really fun to get back into that and just kind of relive that community that's been so vibrant since cheerful ghost radio is brought to you by cheerfulghost.com and our theme music is by creo Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.